hello everyone. Welcome to Canaan STL Podcast, brought to you by Canaan Baptist Church, where we exist to connect you to what matters most, to God, to people, and to purpose. This is Pastor Daniel, and again, I'm joined by Pastor Martin Winslow. How are you doing right now, Martin? Doing great. Thanks, Daniel. Excited to talk about this topic today. Yeah, today we're continuing uh, on eschatology, the study of end things. And so today's going to be another kind of preparatory uh, session where we're just going to introduce some terms, make sure we all are on the same page with the definition of terms. Mm -hmm. And then also we're going to identify the major passages in scripture that have end times ramifications. Now there's many, we're just going to hit the major ones though. And so kind of where we're going to go, it's kind of our charter course here. I'm going to do another, we're going to do today. Then maybe next time we'll start doing one or two sessions on each view. So we'll spend probably two sessions on what is dispensational premillennialism. Yeah. Kind of go into the weeds, into the mm-hmm. specifics, and why they think the way they think. Then we'll go into historical premillennialism and do the same thing. One or two sessions on all the details, the weeds. And do the same thing for Amil and then Postmill. Yep. And then we'll kind of spend the last few sessions going to these major passages and saying, okay, Here's how the historical pre-mill will, will understand this passage, or here's how the post-mill, or here's yeah. how the dispensational pre-mill. You know? So we'll look at these passages kind of through the lens of each one of those four views. So that's kind of where we're going. And then we'll probably, well, I'm sure we'll have a lot of fun on the way, sure. a lot of sure. good lively discussion. Mm-hmm. And we'll probably bring in some guests from time to yep. time to help for the, who hold to a particular view to you know input on that. Because interestingly, yep. here in our own church family, we have many proponents of all four views. Yep, right? sure do. Even on yep. our staff, we have, yeah. I think we have all, do we have anybody on staff who's a dispensational premillennial? Is Davidson? I hate to put that out there, but he could be. Davidson or Mike, Pastor Mike. Is Pastor be. Mike? Yeah, he okay. might be. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm historical. What about Pastor Ed? Where's he uh, at? I don't know. That's we need to find we out. We do. We're going to find I think out. We're gonna, I think we should have each staff person come in <laughs> and publicly declare their view, right? <laughs> I agree. We put them on the spot. That'll be good. <laughs> but I know we've got all of them. Rep- you're, the, you're, the, you're the token post-mill guy. Yep. You know, I know Kevin kind of bounces between historical pre-mill when he's being a godly man. And, you know, he has his bad days when he flips over to ah-mill. Um, you know, anyway. Uh, Pastor Justin, he's pre-mill, yep. historical pre-mill. Yep. yep. So anyway, it's 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 a lot of fun. So um, today we're just going to do do some term defining, just to make sure as we go, we'll be using some terms, and we want you to understand what these terms mean. Yep. We did a little about a little bit about this in our last episode. Mm-hmm. We like we defined eschatology. Yep. Uh, it comes from the Greek word eschaton. Uh, which means the last things. And then, of course, the Greek word logos, where we get ology from. That's yep. the study of, pursuit of. Um, so the study of, of last things. Um, some other terms. Let's talk about this word dispensation. Mm-hmm. So what what is that word? What does it mean in just general terms? Sure. But then what does it mean theologically? Mm-hmm. I mean, dispensationalism is a system of theology. Right. So let's, let's unpack that for a little bit. So what is a dispensation in general yeah. terms? So a dispensation refers to a certain amount of time. That's right. Okay. And so when you look at, if you're a premillennial dispensationalist, you believe that God throughout history has worked at certain times in certain ways. That's right. And so, and in certain dispensations. Yes. So all throughout time have been these, these dispensations, and we can define those, up until the time of Christ, after Christ, and then there's also future dispensations where God is going to work. So you might think of it like generations or something, but it's specific time periods. That's right. Yep. yep. So you know, so so Darby, um, when he first laid out the concept of dispensationalism, I, I want to say he broke things down into seven. 
Yeah, that dispensations. Sounds, yep, that sounds right to um, me. So, like, yeah. you had the dispensation of innocence. That was when right. Adam and Eve were in the garden, and, and and some dispensationalists actually go so far to say that God's the the means through which God saves people is even different based right. on that dispensation. Like He laid out dispensation of law. Uh, the, that was when God gave Moses the the commandments, and uh, He ruled by the law there. So you you have those different period of times where God. Um, related to his people through different ways, right? That's that's just really 35,000 foot view. That yep. is dispensationalism. <clears throat> so when you get to dispensational premillennialism, right? When Jesus died on the cross, that ended the dispensation of law. That began the dispensation of grace. And others call this the church age, right? And so according to dispensationalism, we are in this dispensation of grace, the church age Right now, and according to historic, I mean, sorry, according to dispensational premillennialism, what is it, Pastor Martin, that ends the church age, the dispensation of grace? Yeah, at the end of the dispensation of grace comes the, the rapture. That's right. According to the premillennial dispensational position. That's right, because they see that the tribulation is a new dispensation. Right. And so there's right. got to be an event that ends that. Um, so this this concept of dispensation is a is a distinct period of time right where god relates to a certain people to to his people in a certain way and then again they're premillennial so after that dispensation of the tribulation period mm-hmm. there's a last dispensational uh period and what is that it's the millennium that's the millennium yeah. so that's the premillennial view right Correct. yep that's right so that's what a dispensation is so when we say dispensational premillennialism that's where it gets its name yep so that's one term let's talk about another term that we will end up using this is a, a general term that's Pretty familiar, and that's the term of hermeneutics. Mm-hmm. What is hermeneutics? Yeah, hermeneutics means um, study of the Bible, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the science, the process, the yep. art of of how to interpret yeah. Scripture, right? How to how do you arrive at meaning of Scripture right. and interpret right. that to make proper application? And there's you know like script, let Scripture interpret Scripture, right? That's mm-hmm. a hermeneutical principle, right? And you know, so when you're reading Scripture, hermeneutics. Takes into account you know, what kind of literature is it, which really becomes important yep. in eschatology yep. because the book of Revelation, um, at least chapters four and on, um, also parts of Daniel, parts of Ezekiel, or what's called apocalyptic yep. literature, which has yep. a lot of symbology and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so for me, a personal um, hermeneutic is I do use is what's called a face value hermeneutic. So when I read scripture, I take it at face value. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I understand it to be literal unless I'm told otherwise, right? So that's that's a hermeneutical principle. So mm-hmm. we'll get into some of that. Yeah, um, that's a term you need to know. Another term is preterism. Yep, that's a big word, right? So yeah. what is preterism? Yeah, you have two types of preterist. You have uh, what's called full preterism and partial preterism. Most of your amill and post mill guys are going to be. Um, Partial preterists, at yeah. least. So what, what is a preterist? Yeah. What does that so, mean? So, preterist uh, means basically when somebody believes that it's it's somebody who holds that the prophecies in the Bible uh, about the end times have either partially been fulfilled—that's a partial preterist—or fully been fulfilled. Right. Now, my type of uh, postmillennialism is definitely partial preterist, and most guys I know that are amill are partial preterists, meaning that most of those prophecies, at least. 
most of those prophecies are going to be fulfilled in 70 AD. Yeah. Has a lot to do with the temple destruction. Yeah. And Jesus prophecy in the uh, Olivet discourse, which is the so Matthew, dis- Matthew yeah. 24, yeah. Matthew 24, Luke 21, I think, yeah. and then Mark 13, right yeah. around there. So when Jesus is talking about um, though you're still here, you run to the mountains, hide in the caves. Right. Right. That's it's all that was all fulfilled yeah. when General Titus of the Roman Empire destroyed Jerusalem. Right. right. Yeah. It's 70 AD. That was that kind of was seen as the end of the Jewish yeah. age and et cetera. So preterism, partial preterism, see that that Matthew 24 has already been fulfilled right. in the destruction of Jerusalem. Yeah. Right. And as we'll get into, there's also, you know, there's four different ways to read the book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. You have the futurist view, which most premillennials hold. That's yep. that Revelation's mostly about future events, even from our time frame now. But you have also the preterist view that says most of those events have already happened. You know, there's there's some partial preterists who say that Revelation 21 and 22 have not happened yet. Full preterists right. say all that's happened. Right. right. So that's a different right. way to read Revelation. You know, mm-hmm. and there's there's two other ways. We'll get into that right now. But but yeah, you know, preterism is an important term because yeah, for the for amillennials sure. and postmillennials are partial preterists. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. All right, that's good. Uh, we kind of mentioned this at the last um, last podcast, but rapture. What is rapture? Mm-hmm. We hear that word a lot. That word's not used in scripture um, yeah. verbatim. You don't see the word rapture in scripture, but but what is it? What does it mean? And where do some hold we see it? In yeah, scripture? yeah. So the rapture means to be taken up or to t- be taken out, right? And First uh, Thessalonians chapter four, Paul talks about uh, at the return of Christ, there's a trumpet, and then the dead in Christ rise. Yeah. Okay, and uh, you know, some believers, you know, if you're dispensational premillennialist, they believe that that rapture is going to happen before uh, the tribulation period uh, that, you know, is going to come afterward. Others hold that, uh, you know, uh, there's even people who are mid-trib, you know, in the middle of the tribulation, the church is raptured out. Mm-hmm. And then post, uh, where the church goes through that tribulation and then they're raptured out. Yeah. So the ra- rapture refers to God, you know, coming back and taking his own um, back to be with him. It's really, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, it can be a complicated issue. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So what about the word tribulation? We mm-hmm. use that word. What does it mean in general terms? Yeah. And then specifically when we're talking about the, the tribulation or the great tribulation. What do, what do those terms refer to? Yeah. So the tribulation, uh, is the, it's the Greek word thlipsis and, um, you know, the premillennial position is um, dispensational, that, that God would not allow his church to go through this tribulation period in the future. And so that's why the rapture is so important to them, that the church will be captured and taken out of that before this time where God pours out tribulation on the earth. Uh, others believe, um, like your post in Amil, that basically all throughout the church age, there has been tribulation that has come to the church. Jesus says, in this life, you will have tribulation. And so that, again, is the Greek word thlipsis. And what they say will be saved from in the last time is the wrath of God, that when he returns and he sets up his great white throne judgment, Christians will not be accountable to that, but instead... Uh, Christians are are covered by the grace of God, and they'll only receive rewards. Like First Corinthians chapter three talks about a bema seat, and so they'll receive rewards. You Good, know? you brought up the uh, uh, some more terms: the bema seat judgment, great white throne judgment. Yeah. So what what do those two refer to? I know there's difference of views based on which camp you're in when those happen, but what are like 
What yeah. is Bema Seat Judgment? What is that? Yeah, so the Bema Seat Judgment, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 talks about, do you not know that we'll all appear before the judgment seat of Christ? Well, that can kind of, um, if you don't understand what the Bema Seat is, that can be a little bit unsettling. It's like, well, wait a minute, didn't Jesus die for all of my sins? I'm going right. to be judged in the future? <laughs> That's right. And, and of course, remember Jesus' words. And, and Paul, you know, you've passed from judgment to life. Yeah. So is there a contradiction? Not in, at all. In Romans 8, 1, there's now no, no condemnation. No condemnation, yeah, right. to those who are in Christ Jesus. So how do you, yeah, how do you yeah. put that together in this concept of Bema Seat? Yeah, so Bema Seat comes from an ancient Greek term. And if you think about it, like what we still see to this day in the Olympics, right? The Olympics were in the 1700s, the Greeks, uh, 1700 B.C., um, where you've got this stage where you've got um, a seat um, and you've got somebody that's got the gold medal, and you've got to the side the bronze and the silver. A bema seat was one for rewards, and so that judgment is based on how that believer will be, you know, how they live this life now and those rewards. But all the bad stuff in First Corinthians three, if you pay attention, was burned up. Right? right. It's not even dealt with. It's, right. It was dealt with at the cross. Amen. So on the other side that's of that, such great news. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. On the other side of that is the great white throne judgment. Yes. Why don't you tell everybody what that, yeah, how so, that, how yeah. that kind of is not connected to the bank? Yeah. So um, Revelation nineteen on into twenty talks about the, the the great white throne judgment coming and all that, and so that is when all of the dead come before Jesus on yep. the great white throne, and that's where you know the Apostle John records in, in his vision there in Revelation yeah. that and anyone whose name was not found written in the Lamb's Book of Life was thrown into the lake go. of fire. Yep. And before that, it says, how, it says how Hades and death give up the dead, right? Yep. So we'll get into this conversation later because there's a lot of eschatology sure. implications about resurrection, right? But, um, you know, in my view, I see that what, right there, Hades and death give up the dead, that, that those those deaths are resurrected. Yep. They come before the judgment seat of Christ, the great white throne, but that's for condemnation, mm-hmm. right? That's right. They're thrown into the lake of fire. So right. that is judgment. Mm-hmm. Not for believers. That's Bama seat. Yep. This is for those who are not believers. Yeah. So good. Yeah, but those are two different judgments. Yep. Right. Two different judgments. And the timing of those, again, that's disputed, mm-hmm. and we, we, we'll get into that. Yeah. That's uh, some key terms. Um, well, let's also talk about some other terms. What is? Let's talk about antichrist mm-hmm. and beast. Yep. Those are two terms used. Um, Revelation, pretty much exclusively by the apostle yeah. John. The, the first John uses the term antichrist. Mm-hmm. Um, Revelation uses the term beast. So, what do these refer to? Right, and and are those the same thing? Right, right? exactly. Yep. Yeah. So the the word antichrist, most most Christians probably don't know this, and, and unless they paid real uh, you know, close attention, but the word antichrist never occurs in the book of Revelation, right? right. The, the word beast does. That's correct. And some people identify the beast as the same person as a future antichrist. Yes. But antichrist just occurs, I think, twice in the book of First John, where John mentions that, um, he, in fact, he says, he says, many, anti, many antichrists are already with you. Yeah. So, yeah, he says, you have heard the Antichrist is coming, but right. many Antichrists are already with you. That's right. Right. And he says, First John 2. who is uh, the Antichrist? It's one who denies that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, yeah. right? And so uh, a lot of views, the premillennial view, sees that Antichrist figure, maybe a person in the future that would materialize. I know during World War II, a lot of people thought it was Adolf Hitler, yep. right? Yeah. Is this same person that you see talked about in Revelation called the beast, 
who will be this end times person that will be this son of perdition that would lead even the elect astray if it was possible, right? So they're looking towards this person at the end of time. Now, on the other views, your partial preterist, for instance, they would see the beast as being um, Caesar Nero. Um, there's something called, uh, you know, there's mathematical equivalencies for letters, like in the Roman language, mm-hmm. uh, you have X and you have, you know, V. Well, there's something like that in Jewish tradition as well called gematria. And when you spell Caesar Nero's name, C-S-R-N-R-O, when you spell that out according to gematria, it spells 666. And so a lot of people have said, you know, um, that the book of Revelation is a pre-70 date, which we'll get into in more detail later, but they see the beast as actually already being fulfilled in right. Caesar that's Nero. The, that's the partial preterist right. view. The futurist view would say the beast is the Antichrist. It's a, still it's a future come. person coming. Yep. yep. Good. But just defining our terms. Yep. Um, so we have Antichrist, we have the beast. What about Armageddon? That's a, that's a very popular yeah. end times term. We see it in Revelation 19. What, mm-hmm. is, what is Armageddon? Yeah, so so Armageddon is uh, it comes from two. I, I think I don't know if those are Greek words or Hebrew, Hebrew words. Hebrew yeah, Armageddon. Mm-hmm. I think it means Mount Megiddo. That's right. If I'm remembering correctly, and it's actually there. There is. I was <laughs> I was there in 2006, and you could see this big valley, and um, called you know Armageddon, and yeah. and it's thought by some on the more um, you know this this what we would call. Um, you know, the historical pre or maybe even the pre-mill dispensationalist view that there could be an actual physical war that would happen in the Megiddo Valley. The Battle of Armageddon. Right? Yep. This Battle of Armageddon, which again is this future event. Yeah. And, and you have – say it between yeah. Jesus himself mm-hmm. – and, and Lucifer, right? Yeah, or the Antichrist. The yeah, beast. That's yep. right. And that that battle will be waged at the end of the millennium? At the Satan end is of the tribulation. At the end of the tribulation. the beginning of. That the would, millennium. That would bring about the onset gotcha. of the millennium. Okay. Yeah. And that's, that's right. the premillennial view. That's the premillennial okay. view, yes. Interestingly, Napoleon Bonaparte, the great uh-huh. general of the French army that had to study a lot of his tactics when I was at the academy, he once saw the plain of Megiddo, mm-hmm. Armageddon, and he said, this is the most perfect battlefield I have ever seen. Wow. Well, it's I, I've been there. I've got a picture of it. It's incredibly flat for as far as you can see. Yep. He you said know. it's the perfect yeah. battlefield yeah. for a consequential yep. battle. And if I remember right, when I looked down on the plains of Megiddo, I think I was standing on top of Mount Carmel. Oh, really? Where Elijah oh, was awesome. with the prophets. Yeah. So beautiful place. Yep. So... Um, so any so just there's a lot of terms we've been through. Um, another term would be like the two witnesses. That's mm-hmm. a pre-mill concept, but it's in Revelation. Yeah, you know the pre-mill views. These are two witnesses who kind of a last-ditched effort to mm-hmm. evangelize the Jewish people for the gospel. Um, we'll talk about the different views and how yeah. uh, mill post mill see the two witnesses. Yep. But who that's are a term, they? Yeah, that's a term used in Revelation um, about this. Um, and then you know as far as other terms, we'll. Those are the major terms, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, one one of the terms that keeps coming up in the Book of Revelation, I think, is important is is you know Babylon. Babylon's yeah. been fallen for yeah. for what six hundred years at that point. Yeah. And and who is Babylon? Who's yeah. Babylon the Great? Great? That keeps being mentioned. Is yeah, that a future empire, or is that what Jerusalem has become? Mm-hmm. Is is Babylon, and is that what's conquered in seventy? Again, you know, yeah. 
um, where do you come down on those things? Yeah. 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 And and regardless of what the application of Babylon is, we see a lot of Rome as being synonymous with Babylon. Absolutely. In the sense that, you know, Rome, Rome is a city. Rome was an empire. Rome is a religious system, yep. Roman Catholicism. Babylon seems to have a lot of the same. Babylon was a city. Babylon's an empire. Yep. And Babylonian could end up being some sort of religious system. If yeah. you look at the futurist view, the preterist view could be Roman Catholicism. You know, it's just a lot, yeah. of, a lot of similarities there. But, right. But Babylon, and it's never referred to in Revelation in positive terms. Right, never. It's called the harlot. Yep. It's, you know, it's... Uh, Chases after the, you know, the the sons of God, and so anyway, it's just a it's a negative yeah. entity, whatever yeah. it is, right? Yeah, but we'll 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 talk about that. So a lot of great terms. Let's finish up today. What are the major scriptural areas that we'll be looking at yeah. in in time? Of course, you got Revelation, right? Specifically, chapters four forward, right? Because the first three chapters are Jesus specific. Chapter one is about Jesus revealing himself to the yeah. Apostle John. Then chapters two and chapter two and three is really Jesus' specific words to seven specific churches. Yep. Um, but then you get chapter four on is where you kind of see the vision of things that would happen from John's perspective in the right. future. Right. Right. And and what is John doing? I mean, you know, you you look at you know when we talk about the major passages, the Olivet Discourse of Jesus is critical, right? So we're going to look carefully at Matthew 24. It's probably the most famous place where the Olivet Discourse is found. It's found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but it's not found in John. So your partial preterists, your post-mill, mill guys are going to look at Revelation in that light of, oh, this is John's Olivet, right? And so all these things that are being talked about here are being fulfilled again in the destruction of the Temple in 70. So the Olivet Discourse, we're going to have to take it apart, right, if we're going to deal with this issue. We're also going to look real carefully at First Thessalonians chapter 4, which has to do with this rapture. Is that something different than when Christ returns or, uh, you know, finally returns and judges the world at the great white throne judgment? Or is this a time that's synonymous when, when all believers are resurrected? Resurrected. Um, we're going to look at First Corinthians chapter fifteen. Uh, you had mentioned uh, before. I mean, we believe in different time frames between the first and second resurrection. So we're going to look at that because that that chapter is all about the resurrection. Yep. Um, we'll look at Jesus' words real carefully in yep. John six. Yeah, you and know, John in Matthew twenty four. During his Olivet discourse, yeah. Jesus mentions this thing called the abomination of desolation. Right. What is that? Yeah. yeah. We'll have to define yeah. that. We'll yep. probably do that when we talk about it. But Jesus yeah. there is referring back to Daniel chapter 9, who yeah. mentions the abomination of desolation. Right. So we'll have to go back right. to Daniel. Look at Daniel right. chapter 9, 10, 11, 12, which will bring up some right. passages in Ezekiel. Yep. Ezekiel was a contemporary or an early contemporary of Daniel, mm-hmm. and he has a lot to write about. Um, what seems like by some to be end times. He talks about Gog and Magog, and we'll kind of yeah. unpack some of that yeah. and see, you know, what are the different views on who is he talking about yeah. there? Um, so that's, that'll be fun. Yeah. We'll probably go to some of the Psalms. I know a lot mm-hmm. of the post mill views. Psalm 110. In Psalm yeah. 110. Yeah. Um, and, and so there's just a, there's a lot there. So we'll be looking at quite a few different passages, mm-hmm. but primarily the, the gist is Revelation, yeah. Matthew 24. First Thessalonians four. Those are your probably your major yeah. major three um, passages we'll be rooting in. Mm-hmm. But then we'll go back to Daniel quite a bit too. And I'd say during the course of this talk, um, 
you know, if our listeners want to send in questions Absolutely. or say, hey, yes. you know, you knuckleheads, you, you missed this one thing that was yeah, real important. We're right. really open. We want to yeah. discuss it and Absolutely kind of right. deal with all the material. Yeah. So. I think you'll hear from us, you know, we're, we like to kid each other and we like to, you know, talk about who's right and who's wrong and all that sort of thing. But I think for both of us, we really do hold this loosely. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing there is so much there, so yep. many details, and there are so many, as we mentioned, uh, I think in the last podcast, just the brilliant people who are proponents yeah, of each right. view that we we read their stuff, we love, and we respect and love John MacArthur. I mean, he's yep. just a godly man, right? Uh, even though we, I don't agree with his eschatology, right. I mean, I still really highly respect him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, Charles Spurgeon. I mean, the historical yeah, premium. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you said, gosh, when you heard that, you might as well just convert to being I know. <laughs> he's he's like my favorite person. <laughs> yeah, but then Jonathan yeah. Edwards, yeah. you know, the leader of the First Great Awakening, been been dubbed the most brilliant mind um, that America has ever yeah. had in terms of theology. Yeah. And he's post-mill. He's post-mill. So, yeah. you know, you see these different incredible guys. What about Amil? Who, who's the famous Amil guy? Um, Abraham uh, Cooper. Yeah. Yeah, Cooper, yeah. the Presbyterian. Yep, a lot of the Presbyterian um, job. Yeah. yeah, and it's just brilliant guys. Kennedy, you mentioned. I think Shriner down at Southern is a, yeah. um, I mean, a, a lot of guys. Man. I had him yeah. for New Testament. Yeah. That guy has probably forgot more theology than oh, I've ever known. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So just some brilliant people. So we hold this loosely. Mm-hmm. So we, we welcome questions. We welcome, you know, hey, what about this or that? Because yep. we're not, you know, we're, we have not studied end times solely our whole life. So right. we're not like. right what I would call experts. Yep. Who are theologians, we're pastors, but we're not expert eschatologists. No, no, right? no not at all. You know? So, but we are really looking at this, and, and the goal of this is to inform you of the different views. Yep. Um, and so as you read Scripture, you'll see how your view affects how you read Scripture, right? Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's not... It's not simply a light matter either. I mean, there's some weightiness to this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the key is, is we do all agree on the major clear aspects. Yeah. And that's Jesus yep. is coming. All views believe in a literal, physical return that culminates all things. Amen. So, Amen. That's good. All right. So next time we will start unpacking um, each view. And so next time we'll begin with the dispensational premillennial view. Can't wait. All right. It's going to be fun. Stick around. Send us your questions, comments, and we'll talk to you next time on the Pain and STL podcast.